before we get to today's episode, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at College Hockey Talk for all updates on college hockey and this podcast. Also, follow our Spotify account and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. It means a lot. Make sure you also follow our new TikTok account at College Hockey Talk for clips from this podcast. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, rising sophomore of the Providence Fires women's hockey team, Brooke Becker, joins the show. Welcome to the podcast, Brooke, and thank you so much for coming on. How's everything going? Very good. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. So what have you been up to since the season ended a few months ago? Um, we've actually been doing spring training for the past couple of months, um, just at school. Um, I actually just got home two days ago because uh, school is just wrapping up. So for the last for the last few months, we've been off ice training, um, nothing on ice, which is kind of different than what I'm used to. But um, it's been a nice break up too, to have different um, – different aspects of the game off ice. Yeah, what are some of your off-season plans and what do you hope to work on regarding your game for next year? Yeah, um, off-season plans, a lot of lot of skating, a lot of time in the gym. Um, specifically, uh, a lot more footwork and conditioning stuff on my end um, and just kind of working towards uh, being a little better on the point. Yeah, and, and like a lot of people talking to people, a lot of people from this past year, they're saying how they had a lot of challenges they had to face uh, during the offseason because the gym's being closed and because less ice time was hard to find. Do you expect to face those challenges again this year, and how do you plan to overcome them? Yeah, um, unfortunately, because of what's going on, um, ice time is like very few, far in between. So um, I, I expect to face a little bit of adversity with that trying to get ice but as far as the gym goes um gyms are pretty much open where I live so um they should I should have no problem getting in there it's just the ice time I'm a little worried about but um I should I have enough connections I think around town that that'll help out yeah and I guess what are your goals and expectations for next year what do you hope to accomplish personally and uh, what do you hope to accomplish as a team as well yeah uh personally I'd like to uh just continue continue doing well, you know, um, contributing where I can, um, just kind of do, do what I did this year and fill in and help out even more, um, become that like next level defenseman, um, become like a big name in hockey East and throughout, throughout the NCAA. Um, and then as a team, we want to do what we did again this year. We want to go back to the tournament and hopefully even advance another game in the tournament or more. You know, national championships, what everybody dreams of, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of want to transition a little bit from uh, the beginning of your hockey career all the way to where you are now with Providence. So you're from Orchard Park, New York. Uh, how yep. did you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport? Yeah, um, so my dad actually played hockey um, growing up, and all of his brothers played hockey. And so it's kind of just been a family thing. And um my dad just got us into it very young. My dad actually went to Providence College and played on the men's team there for a couple of years. So um, when I started looking at schools, when I found out that I would be 
able to play uh, Division One college hockey, I started looking at schools, and one of the first places I actually looked was Providence, and um, I fell in love right away. I just loved it. So it was kind of cool that my dad was uh, a graduate there, so we kind of just kind of fell into place, and now I'm wearing his number that he wore, so it's kind of a family family tradition, I guess you could say. Yeah, and did you grow up going to Providence games? Um, we actually didn't. So Providence is still, Providence is about like seven and a half hours for me. Um, so when we did go to games, we would go to like Canisius, um, schools around in Buffalo. Um, so we didn't actually get to go out to a lot of games, but um, it's still, I mean, it's something that I probably will do with my kids at some point. Yeah, and was your dad your favorite player growing up, or was it someone in the NHL, <laughs> someone in women's hockey? Uh, it was actually Patrick Kane. He's actually from Buffalo, New York, um, and I've had the opportunity to meet him once or twice, and I don't know. He's just always been, like, my idol. He doesn't play defense. He's not my style of player at all. I just really enjoyed him growing up, So, and I thought it was cool that he was from where I was from. Yeah, what's he like as a person off the ice? Uh, he's a very nice guy and very, very humble. Um, I know there's probably speculations about every single NHL player, but he was he was kind to me and kind to the kids who he was working with. And he he does a lot and he contributes a lot to Buffalo. And he, you know, he'll reach out socially on social media to local places and all the time and donate and whatnot. So he, I think he's he's a decent guy. Yeah, and do you think he's the best American player of all time? Because in my opinion, I think he is. And if he gets a gold medal, I think he definitely earns it, in my opinion. Yeah, I would – I mean, he's insane. He's he's already played his thousand, thousandth game in the NHL, right? So he's – um, I don't know. I, there's no words to describe how good he is. He's just so good. Now, before Providence, you played for your hometown Buffalo Bisons hockey team. Uh, talk about your experience there and what was it like? Um, it was nice. I actually played there 10 years. I played boys growing up um, just because that's kind of like all there was. Uh, there, there was maybe a couple girls teams, but they, were, they weren't all that good. So I played boys for a while at Bison's and then eventually, uh, like first year of high school, I got into girls hockey and um, it, was, it was really fun and I really enjoyed the girls I played with. Um, unfortunately, the level of hockey just wasn't wasn't as high caliber, I guess, as I needed before college. So um, that's kind of why I decided to go to Stony Creek my, my last year of high school. Yeah, and so. how did you get the opportunity to go to the PWHL and play for Stony Creek? Because I know they're only allowed to have, like, two American players on each team in that league. Yeah. Um, it was something that uh, I kind of, like, reached out to them about my last year at Bison's. I was like, hey, like, I know, I know you guys are – very limited on the amount of girls you can have from the U.S., but um, I'm, I really need a place to play that I know is going to be high level and going to be more college-like. So um, I reached out. They had me come visit the rink um, and visit the locker room, visit the coaches, talk it out. I had actually known um, my assistant coach, Brooke Nicholson. I had known her um, from playing in Brock, I had played like a summer tournament or something. So I had like known her already and she was the assistant coach. So it worked out that I had another connection there as well. So 
I ended up just there and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, you got to play with a lot of great players in Stony Creek too. How does playing against those type of players help your hockey development? Um, it it definitely made me become more um, defensive. I think prior to that, um, I was heavily relied on for like offensive play too, and I didn't have enough um, defensive game, even though I was a defenseman. So um, it really really shifted my game into you know, having more of a, a well-rounded, you know, offense, defense, um, positioning. So um, it was a lot faster. It was a lot more physical. I honestly think it's more physical than college. Um, but it was, uh, it was definitely a, a challenge to begin with and something I needed to adjust to. Yeah, and what's your favorite memory you've ever had with Stony Creek? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I guess just like the road trips and just being with the girls all the time, 24 seven, um, because of COVID our season got cut short and I actually haven't seen most of those girls in well over a year. Um, and that's, it's really sad. So, um, just like spending time with them is something I'll, you know, we will never get back. Um, and I don't know the next time I'll be able to see them again. Because as far as I'm concerned, the borders are going to be closed forever. So. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to play against any of them in Hockey East um, this year? Uh, Reagan Miner, I played against for a while. She played for Merrimack. Um, trying to think of anyone else. Mm, I don't think I played against anyone else. Um, but, like um, – I ended up getting to see Grace Nels and um, Chantal Stequois and Mary Cromer, who are all my teammates. Um, Mary lives not too far from me, so I see her all the time. But those three, I ended up going to Mercyhurst for a weekend just to hang out with them after the season was over. It was fun. That's so, awesome. Well, how yeah. did your time in Stony Creek and playing in the PWHL help prepare you for college hockey? Because I know you were saying earlier how it kind of rounded out your game as a defenseman because watching you in college hockey this year, you're a very offensive and defensive defenseman. Do you think playing in that league helped uh, make your game even stronger heading into college? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely, like I said before, I definitely was like way too offensive minded coming out of Bison's and I I didn't know positioning at all for D. I, I had very little um, to go off of from a defensive standpoint. And Stony Creek just really shaped like little details like stick positioning and, you know, foot speed and work at the blue line with um, different transitions and whatever. So um, it was little key details that I got to hone into my game that really made me um, a more a more defensive defenseman which was something I definitely needed for PW. And it's something that I need now and again um, in college. And, you know, there's different games, every defenseman knows this, but there's different games where, especially in college, you have to play defense. And then there's different games where you can be more offensive. Um, it just depends on how the game's going and who you're playing and whatever else. Uh, so, so I think it really prepared me. And the atmosphere that Stony Creek um, created also prepared me. I mean, we had games every weekend like we do in college. We traveled a lot. We did a lot of road trips together. When we stayed together as a team, 
Um, we stayed as a team, no parents. You weren't seeing um, your family all the time. So it was very much college-like, but I still got to live at home and like have a normal high school experience. So I think it, it, it's super preparing for, for what I was um, getting into. Now, what was your recruitment process like and when did Providence start started showing interest in yourself? So I actually played um, Bisons under Shelly Looney. I don't know if you know who that is. I do um, No. Okay. So she was uh, an Olympian on the 1980, 1990 women's, um, the first ever women's team that won gold. So um, she was my coach for a couple of years at Bisons and I loved her. Love love um, playing under her, and so she kind of got me into talking to coaches here and there. But I had already kind of told her, "Hey, like this is this is like Providence is like a school I would want to see and be interested in." So um, she got me into talking with um, the coaches at the time, and this was my freshman year of high school, so it's kind of been a while. Um, but uh, they got me into talking with them and you know a lot of it was talking over the phone at first and then eventually they wanted me to come out and do an unofficial look around the rank and you know around campus and whatnot so I went out there with my family and this was this was still my freshman year and I ended up just deciding that I loved it and they offered me they offered me a spot and I took it um so yeah, How was what, that? <laughs> yeah, and what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed or mental side of the game? Um, well, this year mentally was an adjustment regardless of um, playing college or not. I think it was uh, tough for everyone. A lot, of, a lot of girls didn't get to go home or, you know, see their family or whatever else. So mentally it was adjustment. It was an adjustment no matter what. But um, I think – I think more more speed and reaction time, um, decision making more than anything. Uh, it was definitely all had to be um, quicker. Now this year's college hockey season, you guys had to deal with a lot of different challenges throughout the regular season and during the hockey's playoffs as well. Uh, how'd you deal with first of all the schedule changes that happened throughout the season, especially in hockey, since you guys didn't even know who you were going to play until the Tuesday yeah. before the weekend. Yeah, um, you kind of just had to go with it. Um, we ended up – our first game was supposed to be against, I think, Merrimack, and um, they ended up getting COVID the morning we were supposed to play our first game. And, you know, for us freshmen, we were like, oh, my God, this is – we're already freaking out, and now we're like, oh, what's going on? So we ended up playing UConn the next day. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's something that you didn't, you didn't really have control over. So it was not really something you could deal with. You just had to like go with the flow and be okay with it. So um, we just took whoever we had coming and prepared. We tried throughout the week to prepare who we were going to play and watch video and whatever, but you just had to be ready for whatever was going to come at you. Now, three and three overtime was also introduced to college hockey this year. Uh, how did you adjust to that as a defenseman, having more space on the ice and having more offensive opportunities to score goals? Yeah, um, I definitely – that was something that I worked on throughout the year was just, like, increasing my, my foot speed and being more able to um, be well-conditioned to keep going 
throughout the throughout a position where you're skating a lot more and you're you have a lot more open ice so um I just had to adjust a little bit in that in that aspect um so unfortunately I got COVID throughout the year and that kind of took a took a dip on my health um for a little so that you know that was that but um it's better now (laughs) but it it, you know everything was an adjustment this year because things were changing like that so now your team was also one of the top ranked teams in the country throughout the entire regular season uh how did you try to maintain that success throughout the regular season and how'd you deal with the pressure of having that ranking uh yeah that was something we definitely talked about as a team was just that you know we're gonna have other teams on our back um because we're we're high ranked and we're nationally ranked so um something that we just did consistently was you know, worked hard throughout practice and, you know, kept each other motivated um, throughout practices and throughout the week. And a lot of times, or for a a big portion of our season, we were alone on campus. So we just spent a lot of time together and made sure that we were like having each other's back and talking out when we needed to talk out and, you know, doing the things we needed to do to keep the consistency going throughout our game and throughout um, the season. Now, did you get to play in the hockey uh, playoffs this year? Because I know Providence had like 14 players on that team. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so um, funny story. Um, I actually got COVID. I was like the first one to get COVID on my team. And um, then a bunch of other girls got it following me. Um, so I actually got out of having of isolation like three days or two days or something before our first game against BU. And (laughs) that was fun. Um, And um, I did all the protocols and whatever, but we, I, I, we didn't even have like a full team practice before we played. So it was just one of those things where you had to deal with what was coming and, and deal with it. Like, um, so, so it was definitely challenging, but, um, I did. I was fortunate enough to play in all the in all the games. Yeah, and how'd you deal with the short bench? I guess only having basically twelve <laughs> players, and especially in defense, since you guys are getting like twenty, thirty minute ice time. Yeah, we ended up playing the first period with three D. Um, that was fun. I don't. I don't know. We just kind of like we kind of just like rotated in and out. And when someone got tired, you came off, got your breath real quick, and went back out. Um, the next period was better. Um, we played with four the next two periods, so we were a little bit better, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, you just, I think the adrenaline of the playoff game and that was our first time playing BU. I think the adrenaline there just kind of kept everyone going. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and just talk a little bit Pull more about that game against BU and just beating them because they kind of had a little bit of a comeback in the third period, but you kind of held them off and won that game. Just what do you remember from that game and talk about what was the key to that win? Yeah, um, we we started off we started off the game and even into the second and into the beginning of the third we were we were doing just fine. Um, I think towards the end of the third period we started to get tired. I mean, it made sense. We only had fourteen girls, so you know, we, we were a little bit tired. Um, but we just like, we, I think we hammered them soon and we just kept the pressure going. And, um, I, I had a pretty good game that game. I don't, I think it was just, 
after being in quarantine and isolation and whatever else, I was so done and ready to get out. Um, but uh, we just, we did really well in the power play and penalty kill and everything else. And we, we just hammered them, especially in the power play. I think we had a couple of power play goals that game. So it was, it was a really good game. It was, it was probably one of the most fun games I remember of the year. You then beat Maine in overtime the second game in the hockey's playoffs. Just what was your reaction when Hunter Barnett scored that OT winner? And uh, talk about making it all the way to the hockey's championship game. Yeah, um, I actually was talking to Matt when the goal was scored. Um, so we didn't even see it because he looked at me as soon as I got up to scream and he was like, oh, shoot. Um, but um, it was just, it, you know, you could – you could take a you could take sec to breathe after that. Um, that was another one of those games where we were still really short bench. So, um, and it, we were back to back playing. So, it was just kind of like a sigh of relief when when she scored and it, just so much excitement. I mean, never in a million years would I think my first year we would go right to hockey's finals and then right to the NCAA tournament. I am I, I was not expecting that. So it was something, and it's just so nice to know that like your hard work is paying off that you're getting to the places you want to be. Now you lost in that hockey's championship game against Northeastern. How'd you use that loss heading into the national tournament this year? Um, we took it, we just took it and we used it as fuel to, to go into the next game. We knew Wisconsin was a good team, but we thought we, we thought they were beatable. Um, they had lost throughout the season too in the regular season games. So we kind of just took it and we watched the film from the game and the little mistakes that we made, we made sure we corrected throughout practice and tried to correct throughout the game against Wisco. So we just did what we could and used it to fuel. Yeah. And just talk about that atmosphere in the, in the, in that game again, in against Wisconsin and Erie, because there was a 25% capacity fans were allowed at that game. Obviously, it was a little bit different than other tournament games in the past, but what was your experience like being a player in that setting? Yeah, um, it was actually it – was, it was super cool. I mean, the rink, the rink was gorgeous. Um, it was so nice to finally see fans in the stands. We, we weren't wearing masks for that game, which was nice. That was the first time all year we, we didn't have any masks on um, underneath our helmets, that is. Um, and so it was just, it was very, it was very cool. My family was there. My dad, that was the first game my dad finally got to see. Um, so it was just, it was very heartfelt and, and, and fun. I mean, we just, we made the most of it. Um, we obviously worked our butts off to try to win that game. But Wisco's a good team too. I mean, they're not unbeatable. We know that, but. They're a good team, and I'll give them that. I mean, they won the national tournament, so, so yeah, I'll give them that. What was that game like against Wisconsin, even though you lost? Like, take me through uh, just uh, playing in that game, and what do you think went wrong? Because I feel like you guys played well defensively, especially your goaltender, Sandra Abstrak. Yeah. Never mind that game. I guess, like, what did you take away over from your first tournament game? Uh, I took away that Sandy's insane. Um, she's so good. Uh, she, she held us in for a lot. Uh, the whole game um really I think about that game it was a two nothing game so um I mean I know it was actually three nothing with the open net but when it when it was 
all said and done for us. It was a two nothing regular, regular game. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I definitely took away that my footwork needs to get faster. Um, they are so fast that, I mean, the girls are crazy good. So, um, from a defensive standpoint, my footwork definitely needed to be faster. Um, we did, a, we did well in our own zone though. So I can't really say, I can't really say that we didn't, we didn't break apart that like bad in our own zone. It was just more or less a couple of little breakdowns that resulted in their goals. So, um, we, I mean, we needed more offense, but they were, they were hammering us. So we had to play a lot of defense and I think, I think we did, we did really well. It just, um, little, little breakdowns after a while, what killed us a little bit, but other than that, I, I think we were on the right track and Sandy obviously held us in there. So, yeah. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions. Um, what My first question is, what music do you like to listen to on a general basis or just before a game? Just before a game? Um, I usually listen to rap music. Um, I know that's kind of basic, but usually rap music. Um, a little bit of EDM. Mm-hmm. Just kind of get the blood flowing. <laughs> Yeah, your teammate C.R. Barone makes a great mixtape before the game. Oh, God. Like, that, oh, that, yeah. I've never heard it before, but everyone says Providence has, like, one of the best warm-up mixes in the country. How does that fire you up before a game? Yeah, she – Um. so something that we always do before the game is we turn the lights off, we put our buckets on the ground and our gloves on the ground, and C.R. runs over to the Ox, and um, we're, we're all sitting in our seats, and she – turns on like uh an old rock song or something to get us going like welcome to the jungle or something and we just kind of sit there and like rock out to it and then we leave and go warm up and that's something that i think really really pumps us up and really gets us going and obviously we like we have our wind songs we have our our different songs so you know it's it's one of those things that like traditionally we get we get used to and we look forward to to get us going what is your biggest pet peeve? Gum chewing mm-hmm. with like mouth open, the gum chewing and hearing it. Can't do it. Can't listen to it. Yeah, I understand. I have to remove myself from the room usually. There's some there's coaches that I've played with that have done that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know way too many people mm-hmm. that do it and oh, it's so bad, so bad. Yeah. You would not want to play baseball because see, there's oh no it happens all no, the time. No. <laughs> when yeah, my experience no. playing that sport. Hmm. Now your team has one of the best styles in any team compared to any team in college hockey, in my opinion. So you obviously have the best style on the team, in my opinion. But besides yourself, who has the wow. best? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man. Mm. Wow, that's a tough question. It's so tough because we all had uh, bubbles this year, and I'm so not used to a bubble. I'm, you know, everyone usually has a cage hang, and you know, you look for that in your style points. But yeah. um, maybe Hunter Barnett. I don't know. She sticks out as a good one who usually has good style. She rolls the sleeves up sometimes and has the gloves sticking out. So nice. Um, who's the funniest on the team? Sierra Brown, without yeah. a doubt. And she's just a, she's a character and a half. I mean, 
bad mood, good mood, doesn't matter. She'll still make you laugh. <laughs> awesome. So, Well, back to some hockey questions now. What do you think should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? Uh, I think people need to be more open to change and um, just kind of accept when people want to help. Um, I mean, there have been people that have wanted to help and sometimes have been pushed away by girls hockey. I think we need to take every little thing we can. Um, and we also need to, from the opposite standpoint, um, we need to, we need to do more. Um, like obviously the, the world's got canceled and at first they weren't even talking about rescheduling or anything. Uh, it's been over through 700 and some odd days that they haven't played. That's, unacceptable um uh i mean they made it work for the boys 18u they they came to texas so um i just don't understand why they can't do that for girls they're supposed to have similar funding they're supposed to have you know the same amount of money across the board if they can move it to some place for another for one team i don't understand why they can't move it to another place for the same team, but a different gender. Um, you know, I think it just needs to be something that is equal. You know, give them the equal opportunity. Um, I know, you know, maybe the girls don't make as much money or maybe the, the you know, from TV rights or whatever else, but um, they are supposed to have the same funding. So if they're given the same funding, they should be able to, um, you know, make it work and just, you know, do what they can to help. But we also have to accept all the help we can get from whoever we can get it from, because that'll, that'll make or break our game. Um, so, yeah. Well, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give uh, before we let you go to any of your teammates, friends? Oh and man. Members? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll just like shout out my dad, I guess he, you know, he's kind of like brought me to this, to this place in my game and in my life. So um, I owe him a lot of credit to, to where I am. Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure getting the chance to meet with you and talk with you. Stay safe, take care. And I just want to let you know that you're one of my favorite players to watch in college hockey. And I look forward to watching you play in person. You're so awesome. And I hope you get more recognition throughout your next three to four years with Providence. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. What I want the most in my life They say you're out of my league But I don't give a damn No, deep down I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in